When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, March Madness is finally here. I've been waiting for this for two years now, since there wasn't a tournament last year. It's finally upon us, and I have 32 bets locked in for the first round that I'm ready to get get into, that I'm ready to break down. Uh, Of course, I don't have... There's four games I won't have a bet locked in on this podcast for uh, in the first round, and that's the four games that will be involving... Uh, the four winners from the play-in games, but I do have my best bets for the play-in games. I'll have to tweet out my picks for uh, those extra four games sometime on Friday or maybe Saturday morning. So I will put them out on Twitter, uh, but I obviously don't have them now because we don't know who's advancing and because we don't know who's advancing, there's no lines out. But So 32 games that have lines out for March Madness for the NCAA tournament. I have a bet locked in for every single one, but before I get into them, uh, just a few things, just a few housekeeping things. Uh, first thing, like I said, I'm going to bet on every single March Madness tournament. Uh, not all my picks are going to be in podcast form. I'll do the podcast, uh, for the picks, uh, obviously for the first round this week, next week, the podcast picks will be for the sweet 16. Um, I just don't have enough time to record a full podcast, edit it and put it out in between uh, the two rounds on the weekends. So, uh, this weekend, I will do my round of 32 picks on a Twitch stream on Sunday morning. I'll give out all, uh, what is it, 16 picks. I'll do my 16 picks on Sunday morning for the round of 32. And then the next weekend for the Elite Eight, uh, I'll, I'll do my picks on the same thing, Sunday morning. Twitch stream, if you haven't watched any of my t- Twitch streams, uh, you can follow me there. Shotfire35 is my username on Twitch, S-H-O-T-F-I-R-E-R-35. Um, and also, if you haven't already listened to the Tuesday episode, uh, if you're looking for my full in-depth bracket breakdown, that was done on Tuesday as well as an interview uh, with Greg Peterson, which was great. So if you haven't listened to that episode, check that episode out. And also, by the way, you should know that I have made changes to my bracket since I recorded that episode. Only, I think, two or three changes, uh, but I will go over those changes when I get to those games uh, throughout the podcast. But yes, this podcast is just picks only uh i don't want this podcast to be too too long so there are going to be some games that uh, i'll just have my very quick reasoning but i mean even if i only do one minute per pick that's still like 32 minutes long so um it's probably going to run around 40 45 minutes we'll see Uh, i don't want it to be too long so a few games i'll just toss out a couple reasonings give my pick and move on um, but before we get into everything, of course, subscribe to the podcast if you, if you haven't already. Uh, rate it if you have a couple of seconds. That helps us in the ratings, uh, in the rankings. Review it if you have a couple more seconds. That helps us out even more. Uh, if you uh, are in the donating mood, you can do, do, uh, donate to the podcast. 
through PayPal. A link to do that is in the description of the episodes. Don't feel like you have to. Don't feel like you're pressured to. But if you've enjoyed the the content, if if, if I've maybe helped to uh, help you win some money, then you can donate. But other than that, I don't really have anything else to get into. I don't think. Um, couple money line underdogs, mostly spreads. I think I only have two or three different totals, so it's mostly spreads. Couple underdogs, including a very big. Moneyline underdog that I locked in, which shook up my bracket a little bit, uh, but I will get into that game when I get into it. And just so you know, I will be breaking down the picks in chronological order of when they are scheduled to happen. Uh, I will have the timestamps in the description as well, so if you just want to jump forward to Saturday's games or a certain game that you're wondering about, uh, you can go ahead and do that. At the end of the podcast, I will just go ahead and quickly recap all my picks, so if you don't care about the reasoning, if you just want my the picks themselves, just go ahead and skip to the end, and I will just list off uh, all 32 bets. But I don't want to delay anymore, because I have 32 games to get through. March Madness is fucking here. Let's go. Let's get into the March 18th episode, or the first round of March Madness episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. <laughs> More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Alright, let's get into it. Like I said, I don't want this podcast to be too, too long, so some games I'll get into a little bit more than others. Some will be just be a quick few points. I'll give my pick and move on. And these picks are in chronological order, or at least in order from what my sportsbook had them listed in, which I assume have the right, the correct times lined up. So with that being said, let's jump into it. And we're going to start, of course, with the first four games, the ones on Thursday night. Um... It's going to start with, uh, I think, like I said, I think it's chronological order. Texas Southern against Mount St. Mary's. When I locked this in, it was a pick I'm going to take Texas Southern minus 110. Uh, Just a better regular season record, 16-8 and compared to 12-10, and which is what Mount St. Mary's was. Coming into the tournament, winning nine straight games. Now, big reason why I like this game is they are 10th in the country in two-point shot rate, so they are mostly an interior offense. And Mount St. Mary's, 55.6 points scored against them come from two-point field goals, and that is 315th in the country. So weak interior defense going up against a strong interior offense. Slightly better shooting numbers, including free throw percentage versus te- Texas Southern. Most other stats are pretty comparable. I mean, there's a reason why this is a pick em. Um, But I'm going to take Texas Southern to win uh, the game and earn the right to get their asses kicked. Um, by who I think it's Gonzaga they have to they'd have to play in the first round so Texas Southern minus 110 my first pick moving on Drake against Wichita State uh, I wish I locked this bet in earlier in the week but uh, like like I did with all my NFL picks like I do with all my picks I give it on the podcast just for fairness sakes for fairness sake I lock in whatever the line is right before I start recording um, so then I don't have a line that was available like three days ago and I give out the pick and the lines move by like four points and you guys are get pissed at me because I gave out a stale line. Uh, now, sometimes this works in my favor. Sometimes it works against me. And this one obviously worked against me because Drake was an underdog. They're now one and a half point favorite. But I'm going to back the best spread team in the March Madness tournament. They're, they have the best spread record heading in. Uh, 21 and 6 against the spread this season. Uh, you probably remember that they started the season 13 and 0 against the spread. It was a fantastic run to start the season. Wichita State, State just 9, 9 and 1 against the spread. And I don't think Wichita State deserves to be in the tournament. 
regardless of obviously facing tougher competition than Drake did, the stats are just too different to not note them. And that's another thing that I'm going to keep referencing as I go through this picks. these picks. I recognize in most cases, competition level very wildly from team a team that might come from one of the top conferences against a, you know, a tiny mid-major conference. But if they're, they are significantly different enough, they're still worth noting. And this game is one of those cases. Drake, 30th in effective possession ratio, or sorry, excuse me, effective field goal percentage. Wichita State, 278th. So I know Wichita State's had tougher competition, but that's a massive difference in effective field goal percentage. Also, Drake's 35th in rebounding, Wichita State's 255th. Uh, now, many defensive numbers are somewhat similar. Slight advantage to Drake, but that probably evens out once you take a difficulty of schedule into consideration. But I will back the team who has covered the spread all season, uh, as well as a much better shooting and rebounding team in Drake. I'll take the minus one and a half in that first four matchup. And then Norfolk against Appalachian State. Now, I think it's this team is the one that goes to play Gonzaga so it must be Texas Southern and Mount St. Mary's must be the Michigan one uh, but I am actually looking at a total bet in this one I'm going to take over 133 and a half Norfolk State plays too fast of a pace to have the total set in the low 130s 97th in field goal attempts per game 41st in possessions per game Appalachian State is certainly below average in those two stats they're around 200th but not low enough to warrant this low of a total in my opinion and then when you look at average combined score with these two teams both are higher than the given total Norfolk State average combined score 147 145.7 like 12.2 points higher than the set total and then Appalachian State average combined score 136.4 uh, so like I said both are over the total uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. Neither team turns the ball over much either, which is always good for an overbet. Fewer turnovers equals more shooting opportunities. They're 99th and 108th in turnovers per possession, so uh, in the top third in the country. So for this game, I'm going to be taking the over 133.5 between Norfolk State and Appala Appalachian State. Then the big first four game, the one that everyone's going to be keyed in on UCLA against Michigan State. Ton of public money on Michigan State. I think they are the most public bet out of the first four games. I'm going against it. I am taking UCLA plus two in this one. Uh, and I, I think a big reason why a lot of the public is on Michigan State is just because it's Michigan State. It's Tom Izzo. January, February Izzo. Everyone follows this narrative of don't bet against Tom Izzo in March. I don't necessarily subscribe to that. UCLA is just a much better team in this scenario. I don't think they deserve to be the underdog. I think the public's on the wrong side here. And I think it's just, it's just that Michigan State name that makes a lot of people do. And really, I mean, UCLA is, has the most championships, but obviously they, they're not the UCLA team that they were in the 80s or whenever it was that they won all those championships. Uh, also, Michigan State heading into the tournament with the worst against the spread record. Out of all 68 teams competing, they have the worst ATS record. They are... They've just been covering the spread at a 33% rate this season, um, which tells me that they're, they are the most overvalued team in the country heading into the tournament. Uh, and now let's dive into some stats. Now, these stats are a little bit comparable. I would say Big Ten is better than the Pac-12, uh, but they both are Power 6 conferences, so you can kind of compare the stats in this case. UCLA, 83rd in effective field goal percentage. Michigan State, 266th. UCLA 47th in rebounding, Michigan State 70th, so that's a lot closer. UCLA 57th in turnovers per possession, Michigan State 172nd. UCLA 28th in floor percentage, Michigan State 180th. UCLA 149th in opponent floor percentage, Michigan State 247th. So let all of these main stats, UCLA has a significant advantage in. 
I think Michigan State's being overvalued just because they are Michigan State. I will take the Bruins plus two in this matchup. So those are my first, then my picks for the first four games. Texas Seller and Pickham, Drake minus one and a half, over 133 and a half between Norfolk State and Appalachian State, UCLA plus two. Now let's get into the meat of it. The Thursday games, starting with Florida and Virginia Tech. This is actually one where I made a change in my bracket. So if you followed my bracket at all, change here. I had Virginia Tech, and I actually had Virginia Tech advancing to the Sweet 16. I've now changed it. Uh, I have Florida. I'm taking Florida here. Once I looked in the game a little bit closer, I like Florida better. Uh, but I still have Florida advancing to the Sweet 16, beating Ohio State in the second round. So big reason why Florida or Virginia Tech 80th in three-point shot rate. Florida is 29th in opponent three-point field goal percentage, allowing teams to just shoot 30.5% from beyond the arc. Also, t- just 27.1% of points scored against Florida come from three-point range. That is the 53rd lowest rate in the country. They're right next to each other in effective field goal percentage, 70th to 71st. Uh, Florida does commit more turnovers, but Virginia Tech is near the country, near the bottom of the country in forced turnovers and steals, so it really shouldn't be too big of an issue. So it's that stylistic matchup. It's the fact that Florida has one of the best perimeter defenses in the country, and they're going up against a three-point shooting team. So very slight underdog, minus 105 here in Florida. This is a change in my bracket from, from earlier in the week. Uh, I apologize for changing my bracket a little bit from Tuesday's episode, but... A March Madness bracket wouldn't be a March Madness bracket if you don't if you don't make some changes from your first draft to when you uh, are officially locked in. I think my bracket is now officially locked in. No more changes between now and Friday afternoon. Next, Arkansas against Colgate. I'm taking Arkansas to cover the spread here. I got it at eight and a half. Colgate is one of the more public bets. Uh, especially as far as underdogs go. And I think this is a classic case where people are looking at the stats and think that Colgate has a chance because they're just looking at how good their floor percentage is or how good their effective field goal percentage is. The Ian two years ago would have been all over Colgate after looking at those stats and those effective field goal percentage numbers. But let me remind you something. Colgate literally did not have a game out of their conference schedule this season. Literally none. Or if they did, I mean, it's a team that was from a comparable conference. They did not play a single good team this entire season. They only played 15 games, and five of those 15 games, five of those 15 games were against a brutal Boston University team, or is it University of Boston? Doesn't matter. So literally a third of their games were against one of the worst teams in the country in Boston. So you can throw those good stats out the window. Um against this Arkansas did I say it was Arkansas minus eight and a half or did I say Alabama you know I said I don't know I, I meant Arkansas if I didn't uh obviously uh you can throw all of those stats out the window uh they don't count for anything when 33 percent of your games are uh, going against Boston University I'm sorry they just don't and you guys know how much I love the Razorbacks you know how much I won on them this season they were they're probably the team that won me the most money they have no holes good offensively defensively perimeter and tier everywhere Arkansas minus eight and a half, one of the easiest bets of the first round, in my opinion. They might win by 20. Moving right along here, we have our first one versus 16 seed, Illinois against Drexel, the Drexel Dragons. Um, these one versus 16 games are so tough to handicap. They really are, but I, I am going to back the team getting the points here. I'll take Drexel plus 23. Uh, they did a great job covering the spread this season, covered at, at a rate of 75%. But main reason why I think they can cover is they can shoot. 
34th in effective field goal percentage. Now, obviously, they're not going to shoot that well against a team as good as Illinois, but still. I mean, also 32nd rebounding. Hopefully, they don't, they don't get completely dominated on the boards by Illinois. And 23 is just an insane spread. I mean, who knows when Illinois will start resting their starters if they get up big. Uh, other than that, I don't really have any other reasons. This is a 1 versus 16 seed game. Probably the toughest games to handicap on the board because the spreads are so insane. So just give me, I'm going to plug my nose and take Drexel plus 23. Uh, Utah State taking their money line plus 165 against Texas Tech. I'm not going to dive into this one because I've been on uh, my Odd Shark video. I talked about Utah State radio podcast earlier in the week. Utah State's my Cinderella team. So I'm taking them plus 165 on the money line against Texas Tech. Oral Roberts against Ohio State. This is a total bet. I'm going under 157. I think it's a wildly high total. I don't think Ohio State plays a fast enough pace for this total. 196th in field goal attempts per game, 243rd in possessions per game. Also, yes, Ohio State's defense has been subpar at best this season. But uh, this is a step back down, or this is a uh, this is a step down in competition for them, obviously. So their defense should be good enough to shut down an Oral Roberts team. Uh, I think it's I think one one fifty seven is way too high of a point, uh, too many points. I know Oral Roberts does play a fast pace, uh, but Ohio State should get up and really slow down the pace of the game. I think so. I'm going to go ahead and take the under one fifty seven, and I think that might actually be my only under bet. So uh, there you go, under one fifty seven Oral Roberts Ohio State. Then we got Baylor versus Hartford, another one versus 16 seed. This time I'm on the favorite, 26 points. I'm taking Baylor, laying the 26 points. Uh, Hartford has had bad numbers despite playing in a weak conference. 158th in effective field goal percentage, 216th in rebounding, 178th in turnovers per possession. So if you're going to have those bad numbers against uh, much weaker competition, good luck going to, going up against one of the best teams in the country in Baylor. And also Hartford lost by 34 points early, early in the season to Villanova. So Baylor minus 26 against Hartford. Then we got Georgia Tech versus Loyola Chicago. Now this is one that a uh, line that moved in my favor uh, because it came out that uh, a Georgia Tech player is that their leading score uh, is out with COVID. Moses, what's his name? Moses Wright for the Yellow Jackets will not be playing. I like Georgia Tech already when it was a small spread, but even with uh, Moses Wright being out, I'm going to take them plus five. Uh, I was going to take their money line, but with him being out, I'm not going to do that. I still think they keep it close despite um, Moses Wright being out. Um, I mean, Georgia Tech's biggest weakness is rebounding. This is something I've talked about in the past, but Loyola Chicago is a terrible offensive rebounding team near the bottom in offensive rebounding, so rebounding advantage shouldn't cost Georgia Tech too much. And then other than that, very similar numbers across the board despite Georgia Tech playing much uh, tougher competition. And, of course, they're one of the hottest teams heading into the tournament just winning the ACC. So uh, Loyola Chicago is a very public bet in this game. I think I think the line movement all the way up to five is a pretty big overreaction um, to their player uh, to Moses Wright being out. Despite Mo- I know how good Moses Wright is, but still I'm going to take Georgia Tech plus five in that one against Loyola Chicago. Also, by the way, fuck Sister Jean. Uh, Tennessee against Oregon State, taking Tennessee minus eight here. Oregon State Cinderella story ends here. They stink. They're not good. Congratulations to them for their big run and the, uh, to go on and win the Pac-12 championship. But they're being overvalued because of that, like a Georgetown, which I'll get into later. But Tennessee, 98th in two-point shot rate. We know this. They keep the ball down low. Oregon State, 268th in two-point opponent field goal percentage. 
Tennessee, 10th in opponent floor percentage, one of the best defenses in the league. Oregon State, 274th in opponent floor percentage. So this is a no-brainer here. Uh, Oregon State, congratulations, you won the Pac-12. Your story ends here. Give me Tennessee minus 8. Liberty against Oklahoma State. I'm going to take Liberty in the points here. I'm taking Liberty plus 7 against Oklahoma State. I think some people are a little too high on Oklahoma State, given how they, they ended their season. Uh, given how good Cade Cunningham is, but I don't think they're very deep, and they have some holes uh, in their game, which I'll get to, and I think Liberty is one of those few smaller conference teams that could be legit. I actually wouldn't be shocked if Liberty wins this game outright, but I'm, I'm not going to get that aggressive here. I'm just going to take the seven points. Liberty, fourth in the country in effective field goal percentage behind just Baylor and Gonzaga in the tournament. The other team, I think, is IPFW, but they're not in the tournament. Uh, 15th in three-point shot rate and 11th in three-point field goal percentage. Uh, meanwhile, Liberty, 21st uh, in turnovers per possession, so they don't cough up the ball, but this is exactly where Oklahoma State struggles. Oklahoma State, 291st in turnovers per possession. And also, don't forget, Liberty beat Mississippi State by 11 points earlier in the season, beat South Carolina by 16 points, and kept it close with Missouri. So they had an impressive out-of-conference resume this season. I like them getting the seven points against Liberty or against an Oklahoma State team that I think might be a little bit overvalued heading into the tournament. So Liberty plus seven in that one. UNC versus Wisconsin. I talked about this game a little bit in depth on uh, on Tuesday's episode. I'm going to take UNC minus one and a half. But in case you haven't listened to that episode, um, UNC should dominate them down low first and rebounding compared to... <clears throat> Excuse me. First in rebounding compared to uh, Wisconsin at 223rd. UNC is one of the highest two-point shooting rate teams in the country. 53.4% of points scored against Wisconsin come from down low, which is 267th in the country. Now, what does make things interesting, and I brought this up on Tuesday, is Wisconsin commits the second fewest turnovers per possession, while UNC coughs up the ball a lot, ranking 255th in turnovers per possession. But neither team's great at shooting, 198th to 246th in effective field goal, field goal percentage. So Wisconsin does generally have a better perimeter offense and defensive advantage. But in these kinds of matchups, I will usually favor the team that's better down low and the better rebounding team. So for that reason, I'm going to go ahead and take UNC minus one and a half. Next, we have Houston against Cleveland State. I am going to take Houston minus 20 and a half in this one. Uh, so laying quite a few points. But Houston has an average scoring margin of plus 18. Um, so they have been crushing a lot of teams that they've played this season. And most of the times, uh, most of the teams they're playing against are much better than Cleveland State. The AAC is a better conference than where Cleveland State comes from, uh, which is what the Horizon League, if I'm correct. Uh, Cleveland State has some areas statistically that they are pretty bad in despite playing much worse competition. Like, for example, Houston, ninth in rebounding, Cleveland State, 179th. So if you're 179th in rebounding percentage and you're playing against in a much weaker conference, good luck going up against Houston, who's 9th in that category. They're also 187th in defensive efficiency, 196th in opponent floor percentage. And games that Houston has had against smaller conference teams this season, they've absolutely crushed these teams. They beat Lamar by 44. They beat Alcorn State by 33. They beat Western Kentucky by 24. Meanwhile, Cleveland State lost to Ohio earlier in the season by 55 points. Not Ohio State, Ohio by 55 points. I think Houston covers this one despite the big number. Houston minus 20 and a half versus Cleveland State. Next, we got North Texas against Purdue. Purdue. Now, originally, my gut feeling was actually to take a North Texas money line here. Uh, but after looking into it, and I explained this on the podcast Tuesday, I'm going to take Purdue to win. But I, I, I do have North Texas to cover the spread here at plus seven and a half. 
great numbers from top to bottom. Uh, obviously, I recognize much uh, against much lesser competition, but 39th in effective field goal percentage, 89th in rebounding, 20th in defensive efficiency. Uh, North Texas had some respectable outings in their out-of-conference game, only lost by 6 to Mississippi State, lost by 12 to West Virginia, lost by 15 to Arkansas. Now, I know those are double-digit losses, but still, I mean, they didn't get completely blown out against those teams. I think they're good enough to cover the spread here. Certainly not one of my more confident plays, but I'm betting on every game, so I'm taking North Texas, the mean green, plus 7.5. Rutgers versus Clemson. Clemson's offense stinks, 191st in offensive efficiency, 153rd in effective shooting percentage. Uh, Playing in what I feel was a significantly weaker conference than Rutgers playing in the Big Ten. I am on Rutgers minus 1.5 in this one. Main reason why I like Rutgers, though, is their perimeter defense. Clemson, 38th in three-point shot rate. We know they're a three-point shooting team. Rutgers is 84th in opponent three-point field goal percentage, and just 28.9% of points scored against Rutgers come from three-point field goals. That's 110th in the country. Um, And now this is where I also had a bracket change. I originally had Rutgers upsetting Houston in the round of 32. Uh, I've now gone back on that. So I do have Houston winning that game, but then I still have Houston losing to San Diego State in the Sweet 16. So if you followed my bracket on Tuesday's episode, I want to let you know what the changes I've made. This is one of them. I do have Rutgers losing in the second round. I have them beating Clemson still, though, in the first round, taking them minus one and a half. Next, San Diego State minus three against Syracuse. Easy bet on the board, in my opinion. I don't think Syracuse is a tournament team. And San Diego State, massively underrated, in my opinion. Like I said earlier this week, my only concern is how San Diego State handles the Syracuse zone defense. Um, But let's listen to these numbers. 51st to 236th in rebounding. 62nd to 130th in effective field goal percentage. 40th in floor percentage compared to 83rd. And then 3rd in opponent floor percentage compared to 71st. Now, obviously, I'm going to keep repeating this. I understand different levels of competition, but that is a significant difference in those numbers. It's time to put some respect on the Mountain West, and it's time to put some respect on San Diego State. Give me San Diego State minus 3 against Syracuse. Moving on, we got a total bet. West Virginia against Moorhead State. I'm taking over 137.5. West Virginia plays too fast of a pace for this total, in my opinion. opinion. 37th in field goal attempts per game, 92nd in possessions per game. Now, Moorhead State does play a much slower pace at 327th and 280th in those two categories, but it's usually the team that's winning that determines the pace. If Moorhead State gets down, gets down, and I mean, they certainly should. They're a big underdog in this game. They'll have no choice but to speed up their pace of play. They're not going to ke- play catch-up while only by, while ranking 327th in, in field goal attempts per game. They have to speed the game up once they get down. Also, it is actually a good offensive matchup for Moorhead State stylistically. They lean towards a two-point shot, ranking 101st in two-point shot rate. West Virginia ranks 239th in opponent two-point field goal percentage, allowing teams to shoot 51.3% against them down low. And 53.5% of points scored against West Virginia come from two-point range, which is 272nd in the country. Also, Moorhead State, 86th in effective field goal percentage. West Virginia ranks 27th in floor percentage. So both offenses in this one are good. I think Moorhead State will have to speed up their pace of play. West Virginia is already a a, a very fast-paced team. I'm going to take the over 137.5 between West Virginia and Moorhead State. Uh, Villanova against Winthrop. I still don't know. Is it Winthrop or Winthrop? Don't know. Winthrop is how I'm going to pronounce it. I'm switching my bet on this one. I'm taking Villanova minus six and a half. Now I say that I still have Winthrop in my bracket. I'm going to keep him in my bracket because sometimes you just got to take shots, but I'm going to take Villanova to cover the spread. So uh, uh, 
my result in the bracket's different from, from Villanova. Now, what that means is I'm going to have the nightmare scenario happen where Villanova wins but doesn't cover, and I lose in both my bet and the bracket. But I digress. Winthrop is the third most public bet, according to Dave Mason at Bet Online. So at Bet Online, they are the third most public bet. That scares me, and the line was 7.5. It's now moved down to 6.5. So at 6.5, I like Villanova a little bit better. So Villanova minus 6.5. I know Connor Gillespie's out. I know. I don't care. Winthrop played nobody this season outside of their shitty-ass conference. Also, Villanova commits the third fewest turnovers per possession. I think for there to be an upset, you have to be able to force turnovers, and good luck doing that against this Villanova team that protects the ball very, very well. Meanwhile, Winthrop 193rd in turnovers per possession. They have the same effective field goal percentage as Winthrop. Uh, Villanova has the same effective field goal percentage as Winthrop, despite uh, facing much better competition. This dog stinks, in my opinion. As they say, public dogs have fleas. I mean, I'm not going to bet solely based on that. It does scare me a little bit, though. So now I've made the last-minute switch. I'm now on Villanova minus 6.5. Going to keep Winthrop in my bracket, though, just taking a shot as an, on an underdog there. But Villanova minus 6.5 for my bet. And that right there, my friends, is the end of Friday's game. So now we are moving on to Saturday's games. We're going through a good pace here. I've barely taken a breath. Let's get into Saturday's games. Colorado against Georgetown. I'm taking Colorado minus five and a half. Uh, not locking this into tonight until not not locking this in until tonight has forced me to kind of bet on a bad line. But like I said, that's okay. Sometimes it works in my favor. Sometimes it doesn't. This time it worked against me. Doesn't matter because I absolutely love Colorado here. Talked about about this on Tuesday's episode, but Georgetown's Cinderella story ends here, much like Oregon State. Great job for that. Uh, congratulations to them for winning the Big East. Um, they turned it on when they need to, but they're they're not a good team. 233rd in floor percentage, 192nd in effective field goal percentage, 126th in defensive efficiency, 305th in turnovers per possession. Georgetown is not a good team, and they wouldn't have even sniffed this tournament if they didn't win the Big East. Colorado, though, 41st, 82nd, 42nd, 62nd in those stats. Complete mismatch here. Georgetown had a good run. It's over. Give me the Buffaloes. Minus five and a half. Then we're going on to Florida State against UNC Greensboro. I'm taking Florida State to cover here, the 11-point spread, minus 11. Greensboro is one of those teams that, despite playing in a weak conference, they still put up shitty numbers in some areas this season. Florida State's 26th in floor percentage. UNC Greensboro, 124th. Florida State, 32nd in effective field goal percentage. UNC Greensboro, 255th in effective field goal percentage. Good luck beating Florida State when you're shooting that bad against a shitty-ass conference. Um, now, UNC Greensboro does have slightly better defensive numbers, but like I said, much weaker competition. Florida State is also a huge team, but also ninth in three-point field goal percentage. They have too many weapons. They're too diverse for a team like UNC Greensboro to handle. Also, UNC Greensboro lost to Furman by 19, and the toughest game that they had all season was Duquesne, uh, a.k.a. Duquesne, and they lost by 13. Uh, they also lost to VMI by 11. Can't see them getting it done here. I'll take Florida State, the Seminoles, minus 11. Then we got Eastern Washington against Kansas. I am going to take Eastern Washington to, uh, and the points here, plus 10.5. I have a lot of concerns about Kansas' shooting ability here. The writing has been on the wall kind of this season. They almost, Remember when they almost lost to that Texas El Paso team like late in the season? They rank 186th in effective field goal percentage. 
Now they take on an Eastern Washington team that lost by just three to both Washington State and Arizona early in the season. Eastern Washington ranks 38th in effective field goal percentage. I think Kansas wins this game, but I'll take Eastern Washington to cover the 10.5 point spread. Then we've got St. Bonaventure against LSU. This is another game I, I kind of went into depth uh, on Tuesday. I'm taking St. Bonaventure on the money line, plus 105. Um, 30th in offensive rebound. LSU is one of the worst defensive rebounding teams in the country. I've talked about this quite a bit over the last few weeks. Also, St. Bonaventure, good stylistic matchup for them in this one. 50th in two-point shot rate. LSU is 230th an opponent two-point field goal percentage. Teams are shooting 51.3% down low against them. So I think it's a good stylistic matchup for the Bonnies here. I'll take them on the money line, plus 105. Creighton against USCB, uh, California, Santa Barbara, the team that eliminated my poor UC Irvine Anteaters in the Big West uh, Conference Final. I'm taking Creighton here. Minus seven. UCSB is the second most public bet at Bet Online, and I'm going against it. Big West was a bad conference this year. I think Big West was a lot better last year. Uh, this UCSB team lost to UC Irvine twice, and if I'm putting my bias aside, I don't think UC Irvine was a very good team this year. Uh, and Creighton this season, 14th in effective field goal percentage in a much tough, tougher conference. UCSB was 56th uh, in that stat. UCSB is also a two-point shooting team. They're 87th and two-point shot rate. Creighton is 37th in opponent two-point field goal percentage. I think people are overthinking this one. They're they're too horny for an underdog. Um, I'm going against UCSB. I don't really understand the hype. I'll go ahead and take Creighton minus seven. Alabama against uh, Iona. Rick Pitino's return to the to March Madness tournament. I remember he I knew his Rick Pitino coaching early in the season, and then I just kind of forgot. And then when they made the tournament, uh, and I saw articles about Rick Rick Pitino returning to the tournament, I kind of laughed at myself. I completely forgot he was the Iona head coach. Uh, but good, bad to see him back in the tournament? I don't really know. Uh, but it's tough to judge Iona this season. They only played 17 games, and the only good team they played against was Seton Hall. And in that game, they lost by 22. So I'm going to take Alabama here. If they get hot by uh, from three, they might win by 30. Uh, Iona does have good perimeter defensive numbers, but they played in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Is it Metro Atlantic Athletic or Metro Athletic Atlantic? Doesn't matter. In my opinion, that conference is one of the worst conferences in the country. And despite playing in a bad conference, Iona was just 117th in effective field goal percentage. Now this stat sticks out to me the most, though. Iona was 322nd in turnovers per possession. Almost dead last in the country and easily last in turnovers out of all tournament teams. Meanwhile, Alabama 26th in steals per defensive play and 61st in opponent turnovers per possession. So if you're almost in last in turnovers in the MAC, the MAAAC, and now you're playing the SEC champion that is fantastic at forcing turnovers, good fucking luck. Iona might be lucky to get a shot off in this game. They might just turn over the ball every possession. So I love Alabama here, minus 17. Uh, the big spread does not scare me. Grand Canyon against Iowa. Shout out Bryce Drew, the head coach of Grand Canyon. Obviously, uh, Valpo, all-time great. Uh, I'm going to take Grand Canyon. I'm going to take the Antelopes to cover the 14.5 point spread here. They played very well against their out-of-conference opponents this season. They beat Nevada by 10. They lost to Arizona State by just 1. Lost to Colorado by 10. Very respectable. Uh, Grand Canyon is also 34th in floor percentage. Should be able to put up some points against this Iowa defense. And I Iowa does favor the 3-point shot. And Grand Canyon is 16th in opponent 3-point field goal percentage. 14th in opponent floor percentage. So, I mean, 
generally good luck stopping the IO offense, one of the best offenses in the league, but they might be able to slow them down enough to keep it within 15 points. So I'm going to take a shot here on the Antelopes covering the 14 and a half point spread. Uh, Maryland against UConn. Taking money line here, Maryland plus 135 against UConn. I'm favoring some Big Ten teams. I think best conference in the country. Um, and I think the Big East had a bit of a down year. But uh, Maryland, 67th in effective field goal percentage this year. UConn, 195th. Not a good shooting team. And also, this is a great defensive stylistic matchup for Maryland. UConn, 75th in two-point shot rate, so they keep their shots down low. Maryland, ranks 44th in opponent two-point field goal percentage, and just 46.8% of points scored against Maryland come from two-point field goals, which was the 38th lowest rate in the country. So if Maryland plays a three-point shooting team, like I, they probably will in the round of 32, which I think is against Alabama, if I'm correct, uh, they'll get smoked. But against a team like UConn that keeps, the ball, keeps a lot of their shots down low, they should have success. So I'm going to take Maryland on the money line, plus 135. Then we got Ohio against Virginia. Now, this is literally, according to Dave Mason of Bet Online, the most public play of the first round, but I'm going to be on it too. Now, I talked about this matchup a lot earlier in the week on my Tuesday episode. I thought about going money line in this one. I have Ohio in my bracket, but for my bet, I'm just going to take spread here. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, the, the championship experience there of Virginia made me too nervous to take the money line. But I do like them, uh, Ohio State getting the seven and a half points, uh, seven and a half points. But just to reiterate what I talked about in this uh, matchup on Tuesday, uh, don't forget Ohio only lost to Illinois by two points early in the early in the season. Very very impressive. They demolished a solid Cleveland State team, 101-46. Now they're one one of the hottest teams in the country entering the tournament. And I'm just not a big believer in Virginia. Like I said on Tuesday, I think for Virginia's style of play, you have to be a top 10 defense in the country, and they haven't been this year. 56th in opponent floor percentage, 94th in defensive efficiency. Still very good, but not even close to the defense they had the last three seasons. And they're going up against an Ohio team that is 13th an effective field goal percentage. So not going to take money line. I cowered out of it. I'll take Ohio plus seven and a half though. Uh, and then Missouri, I'm taking Missouri even money on the money line against Oklahoma here. Uh, Oklahoma, since Tuesday's episode, Oklahoma has now lost their second leading score apparently. And as a result of that, the spread has dropped a point or a point and a half. So I like Missouri even more here. Big Jeremiah Tillman fan. Oklahoma had a, an abysmal end to the regular season. I don't have much to say about this matchup. It is very, very, very close. Uh, but I'll go ahead and take the Tigers here at even money. Next, my next pick. I have two picks left, but this is this is this is my big one here. This is one I I, I teased tonight before I started recording the podcast. Big change in my bracket, and this is an underdog at plus three twenty five on the money line I have locked in. So this is my. Moneyline underdog alert. Moneyline underdog alert. Even though I've I've already have a few that I've broken down. This is my big one. Friends. Listeners. I am taking Abilene Christian plus 325 against Texas. Now in my bracket on Tuesday, I had Texas going to, I believe, the Sweet 16. Actually, I think I might have, No, I had them going all the way to the Elite 8. So this is the biggest change I made my, to my bracket. Um, I have Alabama in my elite eight now. Uh, but I, I think this is, this is my big upset pick of the first round. Now hear me out before you think I'm being ridiculous. Just hear me out because I have 
some actual solid reasoning behind this pick. So let's get into it. First off, Abilene Christian did very well against their out of conference competition this season. They lost to Texas Tech by just seven. They lost to Arkansas by 13, but they did win the second half of that game against Arkansas. They got off to a slow start and couldn't quite recover, but they won that second half against Arkansas. And they entered the tournament sixth, an average scoring margin at plus 14.6, including ending the season extremely hot. Their last three games of the season, they won by an average of 27 points. Then we look at the stylistic matchup here. We know Texas is a three-point shooting team. They rank 57th in three-point shot rate. Abilene Christian is 13th in the country and opponent three-point field goal percentage, keeping them to just 29.1% from beyond the arc. Also, just 24.7% of points scored against them come from three-point range. That's the 16th lowest rate in the country. So Texas is an, is a perimeter offense. Abilene Christian has a very good perimeter defense. But then we have what I think is the most important point and what made me finally convince me to just forget about the spread and lock in the money line. If there's one glaring issue that Texas has dealt with this season, this season it's been turnovers. The Longhorns rank 239th in the country in turnovers per possession, coughing up the ball on 19.7% of their possessions. While Abilene Christian is second in the country in steals per defensive play and first in the entire country heading into the tournament in opponent turnovers per possession. Opponents are coughing up the ball against them on 26.2% of their possessions. Now I know this has been against much weaker competition than what Texas has played against, but it's the style of play. You got to look at what they do well and against the other team's weaknesses. And I think this is a fantastic matchup for them. Now, I, I realize Texas might just go ahead and win this game by 30. I get it. But I, I you can't argue with my reasoning here. These puzzle pieces fit together. Something's fishy. I think that the right puzzle pieces are fitting together for what could be a perfect storm that could result in a massive, massive upset. So let me reiterate. Abilene Christian, very good against out of conference. They won the second half of their game against Arkansas. They lost to Texas Tech by just seven. They finished the season extremely hot, winning by an average of 27 points over their last three games, and that includes their conference tournament. Texas is a three-point shooting team. Abilene Christian has one of the best perimeter defenses in the country. And then finally, Texas turns the ball over a lot, and Abilene Christian is the single best team in the country at forcing turnovers. Those are four massive points there. Call me crazy. But I'm I'm taking a shot here. I'm getting I'm going nuts. I changed my bracket and everything. Abilene Christian plus three twenty five against Texas. I do have them losing the next round against UCLA or Michigan State, whoever it ends up being. I think it'll be UCLA. But I think the puzzle pieces just fit together perfectly for this matchup. I'm taking Abilene Christian. I love it. I love it. What are, I don't even what what's 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 their mascot? Abilene Christian Wildcats. Let's go Wildcats. Let's get wild, eh? Let's get wild. Am I wrong? Am I crazy for thinking this could happen? I think I think the things match up perfectly. I was on Texas to go to the Elite Eight. But I started diving into this a little bit closer. I was like, damn, I really like Abilene Christian cover here. And then I kept looking at it even closer. And I was like, I think Abilene Christian might win this game. Maybe not. 
Maybe I'll regret it. Maybe they cover and don't win and then I'll regret it, but I had to take a shot. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Send me a DM on Twitter. Tweet at me. Tell me if I'm crazy, because I might be. I might be crazy. Texas might win by 30, but I don't know, man. The puzzle pieces are fitting together. I feel like Charlie in uh, um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you know, in front of the, you know, the conspiracy board thing, pointing it out. Looked like I haven't slept in a week, which I barely have. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? I can't wait. I can't wait. This is one of the last games of the first round, too. It's a late game Saturday. Uh, I might say fucking have a couple beer for it. I don't know. It's going to be nuts. And then watch Texas going to win by 30. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm curious your guys' thoughts. I might be crazy. I might be crazy. Uh, but then we'll finish off uh, with one last game. Oregon against VCU. I'm taking Oregon minus five and a half. Oregon was a very different team once they got Will Richardson back in their lineup. I think 11-3 and with him in the lineup this season. And you guys know I think VCU is one of the more overrated teams in the country this year. Oregon 31st in effective field goal percentage. VCU 125th. VCU's biggest strength is their defense, but Oregon's numbers really aren't too far off from theirs. And then VCU is also 262nd in turnovers per possession, which is not good. So I'll go ahead and take Oregon to win and cover minus five and a half. So there you have it. All 32 picks. I'll have to tweet out my picks for uh, the other four games in the first round that haven't been decided yet. Um, it's what, two? It'll be 2-1 versus 16. It'll be, um, no, it's not, no. Yeah, it'll be the Gonzaga game and the Michigan game. And then uh, UCLA, Michigan State taking on BYU. And what's the other one? The winner of Drake and Wichita taking on USC. But uh, I'll recap it for those people who didn't, who just fast forwarded to this point and didn't want to listen to me ramble for 45 minutes. I'll, and I don't blame you. I'll just quickly go ahead and recap all 32 picks. Okay, deep breath. Here we go. All right. Texas Southern minus 110 against Mount St. Mary's. Drake minus one and a half against Wichita State. Norfolk State, Appalach- Appalachian State over 133 and a half. UCLA plus two against Michigan State. Florida minus 105 against Virginia Tech. Arkansas minus eight and a half against Colgate. Drexel plus 23 against Illinois. Utah State plus 165 against Texas Tech. Oral Roberts, Ohio State under 157. Baylor, minus 26 against Hartford. Georgia Tech, plus 5 against Loyola Chicago. Tennessee, minus 8 against Oregon State. Liberty, plus 7 against Oklahoma State. UNC, minus 1.5 against Wisconsin. Houston, minus 20.5 against Cleveland State. North Texas, plus 7.5 against Purdue. Rutgers, minus 1.5 against Clemson. San Diego State, minus 3 against Syracuse. West Virginia versus Moorhead State, over 137.5. Villanova, minus 6.5 against Winthrop. Colorado, minus 5.5 against Georgetown. Florida State, minus 11 against UNC Greensboro. Eastern Washington, plus 10.5 versus Kansas. St. Bonaventure, plus 105 money line against LSU. Creighton, minus 7 against UCSB. Alabama, minus 17 against Iona. Grand Canyon, plus 14.5 against Iowa. Iowa. (laughs) Iowa? Maryland, Maryland, plus 135 money line against UConn. Ohio plus seven and a half against Virginia. <laughs> uh, I- Iowa. <laughs> uh, Missouri, even money against Oklahoma. Abilene Christian, money line underdog alert, plus 325 against Texas. And then Oregon, minus five and a half against VCU. That's all I got for you. Best of luck, uh, no matter what uh, you guys decide to do. If you make your own picks, if you tail my picks, if you fade all my picks, which I wouldn't blame you. Um, Whatever, I hope uh, at least my insight helped you uh, a little bit. 
Um, best of luck with your March Madness picks regardless. I will live stream on Twitch, Twitch Shotfire35 on Twitch on Sunday morning with my picks for the round of 32. Um, but as far as my podcast, I will talk to you, uh, I guess, yeah, Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning. Depends on what my next week's schedule looks like will be my uh, episode for next week. And I will talk my Sweet 16 picks as well as my breakdown of the WGC Match Play Golf Tournament. Very fun golf tournament. Subscribe. If you haven't already, rate, review. If you have a few seconds, donate uh, if you feel like it through PayPal. Link is in the description. Other than that, that's it. That's all I got for you. I love you all. Best of luck, and I will talk to you soon. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.